on ours. In many ways, she was a traditional Maya woman. So how at 14 did she get pregnant with me by an artist from Mexico City who visited Nabanchauk to paint the village? When I was eight, my uncle and aunt died in one of the earthquakes that hit the highlands, leaving behind their 11-year-old son, Manuel. After years of struggling with the decision, my mother decided to look for my father. She took Manuel and me down the Pan American Highway to Mexico City, what I thought then was the edge of the universe. We never did find him. Eventually, we ended up here, in the city of sleepless fallen angels. The bus stopped on San Carlos Boulevard a few blocks from where I lived. The drugstore on the corner was closed and deserted. I had hoped Los Alcones would be around so I could ask someone to walk me home. My cousin Manuel had died the previous year, just before my seventeenth birthday, and since then Los Alcones had looked out for me. I could almost see Mario jiving with my cousin. Oye, vato, let's go the show, and Manuel. Chale, homes, I want to go cruising and check out some firme rucas. No one was there that night, though. The stop and go down the block was still open. I could call Mario but I would have to wake him up, and I knew he had been getting up early trying to find a job. The last thing he needed was for me to drag him out of bed at one in the morning. It was only a few blocks to where I lived. I knew the neighborhood well, and most everyone knew me. So it was that I made the decision that changed my life. Maybe I knew, on a level below conscious thought, that something was different that night. Perhaps a neuroscientist could have mapped out the neural processes that prodded my decision, or a physicist could have calculated the changes in the electromagnetic fields produced by my brain. Whatever the reason, I decided to walk home. I headed down a side street. Old buildings lined the road, tenements and weathered houses. Although most of the street lamps were dark, a few made pools of light on the sidewalk. Cracks in the concrete jagged everywhere, overgrown with grass. Debris lay scattered, chunks of rock, plaster, newspapers, candy wrappings, empty cigarette boxes, fast food trash blowing along the street or caught up against a building. Somewhere curtains thwapped in the breeze. The smell of damp paper tickled my nose. When my mother first brought us to L.A., we lived in one of its more meager outlying areas. Although we didn't have much in terms of material goods, she gave us a stable home and more than enough love. After her death, Manuel and I moved here, where we could better afford the rent. As I walked home, I became aware of an odd sensation, a trickle. It ran over my arms like the runoff from a torrent of warm air rushing by in a nearby canyon. But the canyon was in my mind, not in the city. Two blocks later, I saw him. He stood about a block away, facing the road, a tall man with curly hair. I didn't recognize him. The one working lamp on that stretch of the road was only a few feet behind where I stood, so as soon as he turned he would see me. I knew I should leave, but what he was doing was so odd I hesitated, stopping to watch. He held a box that hummed and glittered with color, red, gold, blue, green, purple, silver. Holding it in front of his body, he turned in a circle, his attention fixed on it. From the way he dressed, I would have expected him to be robbing stores instead of playing with gadgets. But then when Manuel ran with Los Alcones, he dressed that way. Sleeveless vest 
and pants tucked into his boots. This man's clothes were black, though. Manuel had preferred T-shirts and faded jeans. Thinking about Manuel brought me back to my senses. I backed away, intending to be gone before this guy saw me, but it was too late. He stopped turning and looked up. At first he just stood there staring. Then he started toward me, his long legs devouring the space that separated us. That's it, I thought. I spun around and ran. Esperate, he called. Habla conmigo. I wasn't sure why his terrible Spanish made me turn back. I could barely understand him. His voice was strange, too. On habla, it rumbled with a deep note like a low tone on a piano. But the warmth I had felt was stronger, flowing over my skin, a river now instead of a trickle. He had stopped again and was watching me. I watched back, ready to run if he came closer.